Welcome to Help from Future Self. Hello, Archons. Welcome to Help from Future Self, the conversational Keyforge podcast by and for Keyforge friends. I'm your host, Sydney, and I'm joined this week by Chris again. Hey, Chris. Hey, Sydney. <laughs> and you're here today because Blake is in London, but you and I are going to be talking about constructing or building decks for Alliance. I know, really exciting. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to just taking over the podcast completely, but I think Blake's probably coming back next week. We'll see what happens. <laughs> he sure is. Um, but before we get into that, I did just want to mention that I have been having a blast over at ABR. It is the Ancient Bear Republic, the league that the um, awesome Californians are are hosting, and um, I am a team captain this season, and ABR 8, 8 is the season, and it's been so amazing. I absolutely love all the support that all the other team captains have been giving me and my team is just so wonderful. I love them to death. It's fantastic talking with all of them about what decks we're picking and and throwing down games to practice. It's just been so much fun. I will say we we did um come out just underneath the uh 5-5 five, five record. We're at 5-6. So, we are going into week 2, technically losing week 1, but it was a fantastic hard-fought week. So, I'm looking forward to the future weeks to come. Yeah, I got nail biter text messages saying, and this just happened, and this just happened. And so, yeah, I was driving back from a convention at the Times, and I was not reading text messages while I was driving. (laughs) You were having them read to you by the car. Exactly. (laughs) But I am actually really excited to talk about our topic this week, because between the two of us, I am much, much less of a deck construction for any game whatsoever, a, a prepare for the game before the game kind of person. And you, on the other hand, love that stuff. I wouldn't say love it, but I have developed systems where I don't hate it. <laughs> and you do it all the time. Yeah. So, I mean, and there's a number of games like this when we talk about like Arkham Horror, the card game, right? I build the investigators and then you're more than happy to play the deck. Absolutely. And you might tweak a little bit. Or even D&D when we play together, you're very, very into helping me create the character before we start. Helping meaning I create the character before we start. And then I tweak it. <laughs> with, with some input. But yeah, and, and so that's what I'm interested because we were talking off mic, obviously, about alliance and participation in it and having this exact conversation. And then Sydney's like, well, let's actually just talk about this on the microphone. And then we stopped talking about it. So we really have not gone down this conversation rabbit hole, saving it for now. I will be learning so much. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk about it here, because I really do want to learn to do this and get past my not liking of it. I I don't think that I will love it. What I think is it will be less I'm hoping it'll be less stressful and and more efficient and and even a little bit more fun so that I can learn to do it. Like if our local decides that that week is going to be an alliance, I don't want to not participate just because the idea of building a deck stresses me out. Yeah. And remember, you can always compete in an alliance by just bringing a deck. Any deck is always alliance uh, legal, even with the restricted list so far of what we know from what Ghost Galaxy has said. Absolutely. So why don't we actually start on the opposite end of that? So let's say my our local wants to throw a sealed alliance. And in that case, I, I can't just bring a deck, but I can, while we're playing, play the deck, play one of the decks that I am given as a, a pure Archon deck within the sealed tournament. But what should I look for? What should I think about? Like, I am looking at two decks. I don't want to take half an hour to build my alliance uh, deck, just like I did in our, our practice game. W- what should I do to 
just where do I start? So I think the most important thing to separate right now, and that's hard to do when you're running an ABR team and constantly in the competitive scene. So those of us that are in that high level, quote unquote, scene, it's going to be a little different how you build an alliance deck. Sealed isn't going to be that different, honestly. But when we get to the non-sealed, you'll see a difference here. But honestly, for a sealed two-deck alliance, your choices are very, very limited. You're literally only going to swap one house at most. Hmm. You're never going to swap more than that because there's only two decks. So you're always going to have two houses from one deck and one house from the other. That's really interesting that it boils down that way because if you have two different decks with three different houses each, you're you're staring at six different houses in front of you. And that's where I kind of get a little bit overwhelmed because I'm looking at six different houses trying to cross compare the the combos and the, the control cards and the kinds of things that I want in my deck. And I'm, I'm giving myself too much pressure, but yeah. I like the way that you put it. Yeah. Well, well, you have 20 combinations if you have six different houses. If you have the three houses that overlap completely, you have five combinations. Um, and that's because you can swap exactly one house. So what I would recommend is when you open your two decks, treat it like any other sealed event. Now, normally a local sealed would be one deck. So you just open it and look at it and you either go, yay, it's a good deck or it's a bad deck. <laughs> now what you're going to do is you're going to look at both decks and you say, yay, this is a good deck. And eh, this is a bad deck. And then you're going to take that good deck. And that's the one you're going to say, I'm going to play with this. Mm-hmm. Except, is there a house in here that I don't really like? Oh, okay. And if I don't like a particular house in here, what is the best house from the other deck that I do like? And I, then swap them. I like that. That really makes it a lot easier because that's what I normally do anyway. I don't compare so aggressively that I, I need to know exactly what how my deck is going to play before I even play it. I really like the pick your favorite and then swap out a house if you want to. Now, for advanced points, you can say, oh, this deck is really good, but it has no amber control. But this other deck has a house that has some amber control in it. So maybe I take the worst house from the deck I like and swap it an amber control or artifact control or bigger creatures. Or you can start looking on that level. But honestly, with the combinations you have, you're probably fine just saying, I like this deck. This house is the weakest. Oh, this is a strong house from the other deck. So I'm going to switch it. And you're done. Opaque sleeves. You're ready to go. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, I'm, I think that that's a lot less intimidating too. But then in that case, so is that the kind of thing that I would think about when doing an alliance standard where I would bring my decks? Or is it more complicated than that? It, it's a matter of scale essentially. So the way I would start, again, this is for people who maybe have been playing Keyforge for a really long time. They don't like building decks at all. And the normal, quote unquote, normal Keyforge player, where you maybe you have less than 20 decks per set. So again, current rules are you can only combine two de- or three decks from the same set. So if I only have 20 decks, I can look at those 20 decks and say, I really like this, this, and this deck. And But I'm not saying that those are the three decks I should combine. Those are just my three favorite decks, and they're not quite to the level that they're competitive with. So then I can look at those decks and say, if this deck was going to be more competitive, what is it missing? What is it failing to do when I play it? And then you identify the house that is, again, the weakest, the one that is letting the deck down the most. Um, We call this like... uh, 
you know, the, the support house or yeah. but not necessarily the support house, but kind of the off house or something, sure. you know, that house you call occasionally because you have to. Right. Because you have to get it out of your hand so you can draw the house you want. Right. So in an alliance deck, you should never have a house that feels like that. All houses should feel like they're a main house or they're supporting the main house. Interesting. And that's what you're attempting to do. Here's a deck. I really like this deck. You know, Mars is disappointing to me. <laughs> so Never. I, so I take out the Mars thing and like, what do I need? Well, this deck really can generate Amber really quickly. It does a great job at this, that, and the other. But again, Amber control, right? It always comes down to Amber control. Um, so maybe I go and I find a Shadow's House and pull the Shadow's House in instead of the Mars. So what if I'm looking at these and being myself, I am completely overwhelmed with the analysis. Like I am looking at each house of, so I've picked my three, narrowing it down for my own sanity. I've picked my three decks. I know exactly what these three decks are great at. I know what they're missing, but it comes down to like very detailed, lots of information, like creature control, creature count, key cheats, everything that I very specifically know that it needs to work together well. Like, how do I get myself out of that brain space of being so overwhelmed that I I can't just do the next thing? Well, first, you don't look at three decks. You find three decks you like. Then you pick one that you want to enhance. Gotcha. So, like I said, you don't necessarily, you're not finding your three best decks and then combining them. I don't think that's an actual good way of creating an alliance deck. Sure. Sometimes it can work, but it's not necessarily guaranteed to work. Um, I've also seen people are like, oh, this, you know, on decks of Keyforge, you can get a SAS score for each house. Yeah. And sure, you can say, oh, look, I can get a 130 SAS score deck (laughs) if I combine this, this, and this deck. Mm -hmm. Sure. But SAS is, is, has limited use. And when you get to the point where you have very high SAS, it means you have a lot of what are considered independently good cards, mm-hmm. but they may not work well together. I like Control the Week. Um, actually, I really hate Control the Week, but I like <laughs> playing Control the Week. And I have a three Control the Week deck, and it's fantastic. I have seen a six Control the Week deck that is utter trash <laughs> because it doesn't allow you to work that card the way it wants to be worked, right? Interesting. So it's not about finding the three best houses or best SAS scores or anything like that. It really is just finding a deck that is good and making it better and then play it. So let's say that I want to do this on a more a more casual level. Like I'm not looking to create the absolute killer deck or, or maybe even a deck that we're going to Keyforge Celebrations with. If I'm going to go to my local and play a deck, where do I start? Like what deck do I pick from if not like our best? I am specifically only talking about casual level. Gotcha. We'll get to the Vault Tours in a moment. Oh. Because the thing is, when you go and you're going to play an Alliance deck everyone is basically trying to make the best deck they can Mm -hmm. um whether it's you that you know doesn't like building decks in general or you know our friend other chris who (laughs) loves coming in with the most killer thing possible and destroying the world (laughs) everyone's going to come in with something that is better than what you're going to open typically out of the box sure so you should go especially to a casual event with a deck that you think is fun to play and it feels good to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't really emphasize that enough, right? Keyforge should be fun to play. If you're not winning and you're not having fun, don't play Keyforge because you're not going to win all the time. Yep. Right? So as long as you have fun playing the deck, that's fine. But this goes back to the other point where find the deck you like, mm-hmm. tweak it, swap in one house, and play it. You and I throw down a couple games. 
Okay. And you're like, okay, this deck's, you know, humming along much better. But now it feels like this house is missing something. If only it had a phase shift or something so I could trigger this or that or whatever. Gotcha. And then for us, we go to Decks of Keyforge and search our decks for whatever particular cards we're looking for. And we can say, okay, I have this logo, Logos house. It has these cards that are key. So I'll pick these three cards. And I want to find one that also has a phase shift in there. So sure. I'm going to search for those four cards and see if I have a deck that has that. If I do, great. I'm going to compare those two houses and say, is this worth swapping? Mm-hmm. If I don't, maybe I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a look at something else. Now, we have a ton of decks. So there's a good chance, especially if they're in the common realm, that we'll see them. Um, but you could also then just, on decks at Keyforge, go and buy the decks you want. Again, talking casual, I'm not sure I would recommend that out of the gate, but it is an option when you're looking higher competitive. Okay, so here's a more generic question then for the casual lower level stuff. I love playing really, really, really fun decks, but I don't usually find out they're fun until I play them. Like I can look at a deck list and see a couple combos I think are fun, but when creating decks on a much more casual level, what do you, like, how do you search for fun like what what is the how do you combine for fun it reminds me of a story um i used to be a video game programmer for 15 years and i've had a lot of bad managers just in general (laughs) and one of my managers without in all seriousness asked well why don't you just copy the code that makes this game fun and also just paste it over in this other one whoa now, it's your question is not as bad as that, <laughs> but it's it, if you look for fun and you try to analyze what makes something fun, you kind of come up short, right? Because you don't know what's going to be fun. Totally. And so th- the way you find out whether or not you like playing a deck or whether or not it's fun is you actually play it. Right. Now, there, like you mentioned with some combos that you like and things like that, like you can certainly go in that direction. You don't like this. Correct. So it's not going to be fun to put this in your deck. Good point. Even if it's the right competitive choice because it's a strong house that can disrupt and, you know, do do all kinds of other things. Mm -hmm. But don't do that. I should have three houses of Mars and then I'd be fine. Mars is terrible. (laughs) So, but... I'm sure there's a ton of people that disagree with you. (laughs) But there are fun Mars uh, decks out there, right? So AOA, well, Coda Mars was completely hit or miss. AOA Mars was either busted or bad, you know, so, but that's the thing is you don't have to play a bad Mars house. This is always mean. Like, this is just always mean. So yep. that's, that's another thing. But I think personally, if you're looking for the fun, find the houses that you have fun playing and that, make a deck like that. That makes sense. I can see starting with something like starting with decks that I know that are fun and just putting those together. And if smashing those together continues the fun, then I've, I've made a, a casual alliance deck. And if it doesn't, then I, I don't play it anymore. But I, I guess you're right. Like, just like taking an Archon deck, playing it, figuring out it's fun, the same is kind of true for an alliance deck. Yeah. And it's really just enhancing the fun. Wow, this deck would be so much fun if it didn't have this stupid Sanctum house that ha- has, <laughs> you know, um, oh, what's the one that you forge for having a bunch of playing a bunch of oh, knights. Epic Quest. Epic Quest, but it only has two knights in it, right? Right. So if I can get rid of that Sanctum house and swap in this other Sanctum house. That can pull off an e- Epic yeah. Quest. And I haven't even varied the houses in the deck anymore. I've just taken a version of the house that is not doing its job in my deck and giving it a better one. 
That's awesome. I love that. So, and, and that's where you start. Like, it's the gateway to higher level construction. If you've never constructed something before, you shouldn't be trying to build a Porsche. Absolutely. That's that's where I'm coming from with this because I'm not like I'm not on the bandwagon of Keyford should never be construction. I'm on the bandwagon of oh no, now I am scared. What if my love of this game where I don't have to construct changes so that I do not love the game anymore? And it sounds like I can find my own way. I can navigate through this without losing my love for the game. As long as you're doing not doing it at a competitive level where it matters, right? Because I would say in your ABR league, where you are counting wins and losses, if you went in there with a fun alliance deck and failed, you're like, okay, now I'm frustrated. The deck wasn't really that fun to play because I just got tromped. And so now like I'm terrible at building this deck. Well, you know, and and that's it takes you down a different mindset. So we can talk let's talk briefly about the tournament level construction. Because, and we are going to talk briefly about it because we don't know what it's going to look like. Sure. We don't have a restricted list. Right. We know it's going to exist. When we know that we currently have to do it within set, but that's true for every level. Right. So so since we don't know what the restricted list is, we don't know how much, how many, how much rails are going to be on this. Mm-hmm. And in the article that FFG posted a couple of weeks ago, G-G. or we could, GG posted a couple of weeks ago, there will always be a confusion for that for at least the next three <laughs> years. Um they stated, I believe completely erroneously, that net decking wouldn't be a thing because it would be almost impossible for you to come across the two decks, two identical decks, right. which is true, but we don't care if all 36 cards are the same. Right. And even bef- when before they came out with the fact that you have to be within set, people were all talking about this one combo that would break everything, which probably helped convince them to make it within set. But that aside also meant that everyone was looking for those two houses with those cards in it to be able to make that combo. Right. And there were about a dozen others that weren't as... You know, as broken, but they're out there. And now that we've, they've talked two sets, we still see dozens and dozens and dozens of various ways of essentially breaking the format. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I mean that in a way where you won't be playing the key forge you think you are normally playing. If I put a key cheat in every house, and in every house can do generate two keys in a turn... I have created a deck that is so finely tuned that the only way you have to compete against that is to create a deck that's also as finely tuned or a counter. And a counter is not going to really work anyway because you can't counter your way to a win. So you're kind of scaring me. So how do I even exist in this sphere without, I I, I don't know, like, I, I feel like I am scared now to approach creating a deck in this level of competition. Yeah, net deck. <laughs> it's, and it's, uh, and sadly, every competitive constructed game will always have net decking. Mm. Uh, Magic the Gathering, the original net jet deck, right? You want to know what the top 50 decks are in Magic the Gathering? You can literally go to sites and just buy those decks, buy every card for them. I remember when I was into the Game of Thrones and it, it had a uh, collectible card game. It might have been a living card game. I don't remember. It was living, living card when you game? were into it, yeah. Yeah, so I 
remember net decking a Daenerys Targaryen deck so that I could have all my dragons in my deck, but also be competitive with everybody who played at the local game store. So that's where I started. And then every time we met, I would come home, tweak one or two cards. And then, but that's the kind of thing I was hoping I wouldn't have to do here because you don't tweak one or two cards in Keyforge. You you have to tweak a whole house. So interestingly enough, though, it still boils down to that. So, you know, what's going to essentially happen is we don't get to pick all 36 cards, but we don't need all 36 cards to be in our deck to form a certain combo. So let's say that we want um, an easy one because we were just looking at it the other day. I want an untamed house with a key cheat, a full moon, and a couple creatures that when I play them, give me bonus amber on top of the full moon. Dust pixies. Dust pixies. Give me a nature's recall and then give me a choda, right? So I don't even need the uh, Key key charge, right? So if I can find those four relatively common cards in a house, Mm -hmm. then that's all I need. I don't care about what the other eight cards are. Right. That house is now good. If and I'll assume that there's two other decks. Now we throw logos in there, and it has a phase shift, so it can like allow or a couple phase shifts, and maybe a helper bot if I'm in AOA. Whatever the case would allow me to play into my untamed house, even if I'm calling logos at the time. My third house just makes sure that people can't do what they want to do. So that one is dis, or or shadows, or oh. you know whatever the case is. But the point is. You don't have to come up with these combos. Someone else is going to come up with the combos. Gotcha. You just need to find the houses that have those cards. And yes, the decks will be different. There'll Mm -hmm. only be probably, I would say, a quarter to a third of the same. But those are the key cards. And the differences in the deck are really what other cards are coming with them. But ultimately, you can net deck Alliance Keyforge Probably easier than most others because you're only looking for one or two houses. So in that case, basically, we're still tweaking one or two cards, but what we're tweaking are the cards that are not the main combo. Like if the if the additional cards in the set of 12 are slowing you down or not being helpful or are somehow not valuable, those are the ones we're tweaking by net decking an entirely different house with of the same combo cards. Yes. Okay, that does... And and the thing is, you're not really even tweaking those because a lot of people aren't going to have the option to swap in three different versions of a particular house. But if you were, that's what you'd be tweaking. Interesting. So I feel like if I were to ever have to compete, like let's say that an event that I want to go to that's very high level, like future vault tour or whatever, is an alliance standard competition, I would basically... I guess just look up the most common combos right now, see if we own decks with them, and then practice the the crap out of those decks and not even think about constructing something from scratch. Um, yes to the second part, maybe to the first. So I would not think about constructing anything from scratch unless you are of the mindset that I like finding these combos. And honestly, in many card games, that is a minority of the players. Um, I go back to magic again. A lot of magic players, they they like tweaking the the broken stuff that people find. And everyone wants to find that broken thing. Um, you know, everyone in air quotes. But <laughs> it's few and far between of people who actually put together these different combos. And it's how much can you keep them secret before you get to the end of the first tournament that you're able to beat it on before these decks just get nicknames. 
and gotcha. there's like this is the meta for this this is the meta for that so in this case too like we don't know the restricted list yet so basically we're we're at the whim we can't like this is the like sweet spot of time where we can't like necessarily net deck because if people started putting together things that would eventually be illegal we, we we'd have no idea well people are still you you still can go out there and see people's ideas, right? Um, you know, we have a relatively decent amount of decks, and we've already been pinged a couple times saying, hey, can I buy this deck or that deck from you? Typically, that revolves around Mavericks. Um, whether or not, if a house has a Maverick in it, especially if it's a sought-after Maverick, that is something that people are trying to get. We don't know if Mavericks are going to be legal in Alliance. That's true. We have no idea. So if they aren't legal, then all of those decks suddenly become worthless, especially especially to the like, should we should we just sell them all now? Because that's the thing. Do I wait and see? Do they go up or down or whatever? Um, now, I, for one, do not believe they're going to make a lot or Mavericks not legal. But what I don't know is, are they going to allow you to Maverick something from a different house and have the original house card in that same house at the same time for something that's typically a one-up. Oh, does that, but like, oh gosh, I, I see this is actually, it's so funny. Like we're getting into the details of the kinds of things we can do. And this is where my brain that doesn't love constructing actually like comes to a halt. Like my, my brain starts going along the lines of, is that even something that's mathematically very often in decks and then it's like ow my brain hurts no i'm that doesn't make me happy to think about well and that's an interesting thing too so is it mathematically often in decks that doesn't matter anymore so up until now a deck was generated and probability kept a lot of these most broken combinations (laughs) out of the deck if they out of the out of a particular deck even if it was possible in a set that is no longer possible no longer true if the restricted list allows that not to be true mm. so heart of the forest i'm pretty sure heart of forest is a restricted one of card in a deck um i i haven't done a check but i'm almost 100 percent like in the regular is. normal algorithm in regular normal algorithm you can't have more than one of them um because a why would you need more than one of them and b if you did why would you want that um <laughs> Because some people are Heart of the Forest players, and you know who you are. But (laughs) just because I have Heart of the Forest in Untamed doesn't mean I couldn't get a Maverick of it in two other houses. And now I have a Heart of the Forest deck that has three Heart of the Forest in it. Ew. The algorithm would never allow that to happen. Right. But if I combine three decks... That is possible to happen. Now, I bring that up as just an example of something that would never be allowed. Strictly speaking, there are cards that could maverick into multiple houses inside the same deck like it is possible but the probability of that happening is infinitesimally small so you just don't see it Mm -hmm. now you're gonna see it so what's crazy is i love the idea of the meta becoming something that is just otherwise impossible i just don't want to play in it like i i'm i'm perfectly happy for other people getting a lot of joy out of this especially like thinking about everything that you just explained to me and finding everything you just explained to me and like playing with it and competing with it and maybe even the meta can't be a meta because it's so like such a small chance of the ability to get your hands on these cards i'm just i think that 
like falling back on what we talked about earlier, that is where I can see myself the the ease of construction on a casual level and the fun of construction on a casual level seem a lot more approachable than on a competitive level. Like I think I might actually enjoy this now that we've talked about it on a level that isn't cutthroat. Yeah. I would love to see sealed be three decks as as opposed to two. Competitively or casually? Um just in general. Oh, Could okay. be either. Um, now, casually, it's hard to do a three-deck sealed at a store anyway, which is why everyone's like, wait, no, we need a single-deck sealed format. Um, but competitively, I would like to see three-deck sealed. It gives you a lot more uh, flexibility in what you're doing, and it's still limited where your construction in a three-deck sealed is, is still going to be pick your favorite and then find the weaknesses and try to supplement but it also allows those players that want to say, okay, I need strong creature control, I need strong artifact control, I need strong um, amber control, what are the three houses that are going to do this, and do they have combos amongst them? Like, it allows a lot more variability in the level of construction. And it's funny, too, because something you did mention earlier that I don't know why hasn't actually crossed my mind when I'm under the stress of picking what I need to pick for a deck, of just going with one of the three decks. Like, if we got three decks to pick from, yes, there are other smarter people out there who will do a better job putting together the houses that are necessary, but being someone who could just have fun playing a deck I would be fine picking one of the three and playing with it. Yeah. Well, and the nice thing about the format is if you play the first time and you lose and you found out a particular house was really bad, you can swap in from your other deck. Oh, that's a good point. It's so kind of like you can swap. Be- yeah, you can swap between matches. And even if you get kicked into the uh, kicked out of the main bracket and then put into the secondary bracket, you can still swap on that bracket too. So you can tweak your deck all the way through. And every time you play this format, you're going to get better because you're going to start seeing how swapping in these different decks are now to go back to your alliance comment of not wanting to play in it i 100 agree i at this point knowing what i know i don't think i would ever participate in an alliance event and i say that loving keyforge and not hating constructed keyforge right it's because i don't like the idea of net decking i never have i know that that's really the way you're going to find the most broken combos and that's that's fine as well. I also know that we have enough decks where we can basically build any of these broken combos we want. Um, but the I just don't find it fun. I don't find it I don't find the concept of it all that fun. And casually, I think I'm fine with it because you and I can put together casual Keyforge decks that are fun at the same level. They work well. We can tweak. It's like, oh man, you really destroyed me. I, I'm going to tweak my deck this way, and we can go back and forth and play. You know, constructed that way as often as we want, constantly sleeping and unsleeping the card. <laughs> but that to me sounds like fun. Like I said, I'm not against the constructed format. I just don't. I don't compete on any constructed, any constructed card game at any level. I don't like competing in those. And that's why I loved Keyforge. Loved. I said that past tense. It's why I loved <laughs> the way Keyforge was set up in competitive before. It is because I felt like I had a chance. Because I wasn't competing against the people who were looking for the most broken things. Now, that's still 
you know, there's a lot of broken decks out there, but I still feel like I have a chance against them. I also feel that that's just an overarching good thing to think about when you walk into any Keyforge game or like in general, any game, feeling like you have a chance. Like some people could say, would say that an Archon deck, a straight up Archon deck, like the best Archon decks that are out there would otherwise win everything. Like if we were having competitive Archon tournaments right now, and there was no such thing as ascending decks like Ghost Galaxy wants to do and FFG mentioned having wanted to do, then the same Archon decks would just keep winning. And this does put a twist into that. So I could see it giving that feeling of, I could possibly win this, but it's going to be the same cutthroat players who have those decks that are bringing the broken (laughs) Alliance decks. Yeah. Now, I do have hope, though. Um, We'll see what the restricted list does. And hopefully, the restricted list changes on a pretty frequent basis oh really that's what i hope um not necessarily because it should rotate all the time although i personally believe it should rotate every single event (laughs) um to keep it fresh i think you should rule out the most common cars i say you know in this alliance tournament infernus and control the week are banned the next one they may be back like i think if you're going to make a constructed format constantly rotate it but that's that's theory and out of the uh, scope of this that would certainly keep it fresh like, I just, I think that would be more entertaining for me. Sure. Um, but if they're just dialing in the restricted list to get rid of the most problematic and degenerate decks, and eventually it is what we're talking about, where it's like, build a good deck, but don't build a broken one. Because I, for, I foresee two different potentials here. And again, we don't know what the restricted list is, but this is my thought. You're going to have decks that are all one turn kill. Mm. So I could be playing a great game. I'm up two keys, eight amber. I'm going to forge as soon as you pass control and your combo goes off and you win. Yeah. Right. That's I'm gonna. That's just going to be one of the most common ways that alliance decks are going to fire. Having lost to one of those game one to one of those decks in open archon, I I kind of feel that if that were to be more common, that would have to be something that Ghost Galaxy takes into consideration because. The fact that it could happen in, in Archon is is makes it so that the game isn't fun if those decks win all the time anyway. Right. And the other one is control. I just shut you down from being able to do anything and until I've gotten everything I need and then I can trigger my so I can win my keys. Yeah, I guess that there there could be multiple metas. There could be just the these decks win most of the time with this strategy, and these decks win most of the time with this other oh, strategy. Yeah, yeah. So the meta isn't about one kind of deck. There will be a handful of decks that are the top of the meta. Oh. The meta is just like, what are the types of decks that are winning right now? Gotcha. Right. And, and with a changing restricted list, that that changes that every so often. Right. It shifts the meta pretty frequently. Huh. If you cha- How very often you change the restricted list shifts the meta and at least keeps the meta fresh. But for someone who doesn't actually like building decks, like if I built a deck that ends up like, if I, to be honest, the way that I did Game of Thrones, like I'm going to, if I build a deck that I think is competitive, I want to be able to bring that to every event because I don't want to have to keep building decks. Well, all right. And, and it might be a good place to end on that concept because if you think about it, say you build your, um, you, you pick your favorite deck, you built it, you tweaked it, you really love this deck. Mm-hmm. And suddenly the restricted list changes. All you got to do is, is my deck still valid? No. Okay. What changed? Oh, I have an Infernus in this one. Okay. The only thing I have to do to fix this deck is find a house 
if Inverness being in disc, for example, oh. find a disc house that has the cards I need, the key cards, but doesn't have an Inverness in it. And now I'm, I've already varied that deck a bit so that it's now valid in the current one. Interesting. But the people who have the six Inverness decks, because they have a Maverick in every house and a four year original, like those ones are no longer going to be valid. So I don't think that the list should change so often that it invalidates everything. But it should shake things up so the top winning ones are the ones that get most shooken up. I will say, like, to summarize this conversation, I feel much more incredibly prepared to play Sealed. I also feel much more incredibly prepared to play Alliance Alliance Archon at a casual level. And I think that with the net decking, if I were forced into a high-level competition for Alliance, I would... I would feel confident that I could, like, I wouldn't automatically write off doing that because I didn't, because it overwhelmed me. I think I could sit down and do it, especially with your help. But, like, as a player myself that likes competition, I think I could do that. Well, you just made me think about my help from yourself, so... All right. We cannot end an episode of Help from Future Self without the illuminating segment. Help from Future Self. So it sounds like you have one. Yeah. Um, don't build an alliance deck by yourself. Ooh. So it's it's easy enough when you're you know married to the person that can help you build an alliance <laughs> deck. But you know, go to the discords, go to the message boards, go to Facebook, go someplace and say, hey, I'm thinking of this, that, or whatever, and bounce that ideas off other people. If you enjoy building an alliance deck by yourself, fine, go for it. But if you are uncomfortable with it, absolutely put out there what you're thinking. Because I guarantee you're not the only one thinking it. And that idea can be made better with more and more people's input. I love it. That is fantastic. I love that idea. Well, thank you so much. And you can find us, Help From Future Self, on Twitter at HFFS Podcast. We are also on Discord with the link in the show notes. I am SC Steel on TCON Discord. And Chris, where can people find you? Um, I'm Game Master Chris on most of the Discord. So you can just hit me up there. Awesome. We'll be back next week with another episode of Help from Future Self. Until then, stay forging.